Discord in talks for acquisition and tech CEOs meet Congress over Section 230. It's Monday, March 29th, 2021. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 441 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 441 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share any insights as to what those might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wickard, and let's get into it. Let's talk Discord. So Microsoft is in talks with Discord for a $10 billion acquisition. Discord it has more than 140 million monthly active users who, who started using the platform mostly for chatting over text, video, and audio in gaming. But it's expanded to just general chat as well. Microsoft has been itching for an acquisition as of late with an appetite for TikTok last year, Pinterest earlier this year. Discord, it makes a lot of sense. Microsoft has Xbox, which Discord see, Discord seems like a natural fit for. It also has Microsoft Teams, which offers similar functionality to Discord, but much more of a business context. That being said, this, this could all just be for not. Discord has expressed interest in going public and they are courting other suitors like Microsoft and and courting them only helps it build its valuation (laughs) at this point. It's also spoken with Epic Games. It's spoken with Amazon. So Discord is part of a rapid rise of more of that one-to-one social networking, which, which shows no signs of slowing down. It's natural integration into gaming. It gives Discord not only an existing loyal user base, but also a sustainable category to continue building around. Like I said, the acquisition makes a ton of sense for Microsoft, but I could very easily see them going an alternate direction and just becoming a public company altogether. They kind of have the wind at their back at this point. All right, let's talk about Section 230 and tech CEOs. So, so Section 230 has become a pretty hot topic over the last year for a lot of different reasons. But one thing both sides of the political aisle agree on is something needs to be done with it. Members of the House Committee on Energy and Commerce, they met with CEOs of Facebook, Google, and Twitter this week to discuss the role of their platforms in the spread of misinformation and extremism, as well as the immunity Section 230 grants them for content shared by users on their platform. Let's take the CEOs one by one. Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook has notably come out for some regulation in some form, especially if Facebook has a say in what that regulation is. Specifically, Zuckerberg is open to transparency reports on what has been removed and instituting requirements for misinformation handling. Both sound great on paper. They make a lot of sense on paper, but they also create massive barriers to entry for new platforms, even though Facebook has said regulations should be dependent on platform size. Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai said repealing Section 230 would make handling misinformation more difficult, but did favor regulation and clear content policies for the handling of different types of content. Then we have Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. He said he'd like users to have more control over how algorithms give them information and expressed a desire to decentralize content moderation, something Twitter's actually actively been working to test for the last uh, couple of months or so. And there are currently 
seven different bills being considered for handling Section 230 before Congress right now. They range from outright repeal to less extreme, more uh, more just uh, tweaks to Section 230, less extreme measures. So either way, the bipartisan concern for it means there's probably a good chance of something happening. No one is really on the side of big tech right now, which is very interesting from where we were maybe like seven years ago or so. Right now, everyone is really looking to them and seeing what is wrong with these platforms. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next year or so in regards to Section 230 and just tech regulation in general. All right, that's it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that I didn't discuss earlier. So the NFL, they're getting ready to stream more than ever over 11 seasons starting in 2023. Most notably, Amazon Prime Video will be the exclusive home of Thursday Night Football. CBS will show all football games on its streaming service, Paramount Plus, and NBC will do the same for Sunday Night Football on Peacock. The news, it's pretty huge because football is one of the few lagging reasons for traditional TV plans. Not only could this continue to accelerate the rapid expansion of cord cutting, but it could also shift more ad dollars to streaming. Instagram is working on a version of its app for children 13 and under. It will feature parental controls and heightened privacy features. The objective is to give kids who who often lie, frankly, about their ages to get Instagram accounts to get Instagram accounts housed in a safer space, while also bringing them into the Facebook ecosystem, of course, in a way that protects Facebook from potential liability. Roku has launched an in-house advertising brand studio that will offer what it calls streamer-first video ads and sponsored short-form TV series. The vertical integration move, it's on top of another acquisition that they made of Nielsen Advanced Video Advertising and the launch of their ad platform last year. Roku hopes to be more than a video streaming ad platform. like It wants to be everything. Facebook has updated its IP protections by adding new features to prevent creators from violating copyright and scammers from selling fake products. The first protection, it would allow brands to claim revenue from videos featuring their content while allowing more content to remain on the platform. Now, of course, brands or content originators, they have the option of having the video taken down, but now they also have the option to get royalties. To help stem the flow of fake products being sold, brands can now find similar items to what they're selling to find potential trademark infringements. Slack had kind of a weird rollout this week for a new feature called Slack Connect. It lets users direct message people at other organizations. After announcing Slack Connect, it became apparent that the tool could also be used to harass individuals by allowing chat invites to contain customized messages. That email with a customized message meant there was really no way for users to block unwanted messages. Needless to say, Slack removed the option for custom messages within invites to chat, and the feature has been reworked. Google's cookie alternative, Flocks, will not be launching in the EU at this time because of conflicts with GDPR. GDPR, it requires users to give express consent when their data is collected and processed. Now, Google is still planning to launch Flocks in the EU, but it needs to figure out compliance. In the meantime, the cookie, it may actually have a longer shelf life in the EU than in other countries, as Google has really like no replacement for it. All right. That is it for episode 441 of Brave Bad World. Before I let you go, I always want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to bravebadworld at gmail.com. I can be found on Twitter at 
T-Wigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.